Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Fluently Forward. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I am very excited for this week's guest. We are going to have on Olivia. She is an influencer on TikTok that I've been following for I don't know how long now, but it feels like maybe over a year, and I'm obsessed with all of her pop culture content takes. I thought she would be perfect to have on the podcast, not to mention so many people tag me in her videos, and they're like, you should have her on the podcast. I'm like, I already follow her. I agree. But I just feel like she speaks the fluently forward language. Oh, my God. Finally, the the name of the podcast makes sense with the whole fluently forward thing. But I feel like she does speak the fluently forward language because she talks about pop culture in a way that's smart, refreshing, honest, critical without being mean, and always offers suggestion, which I love. So we talk about a bunch of fun things in here, like the idea of Pete Davidson having a baby in 2023, the um, TJ and Amy ABC affair scandal, Haley Bieber wearing the Nepo baby t-shirt and how she says it would have worked better on Miley, like great idea there. The idea of why certain rumors spread about celebrities on the internet, especially when it comes to Miley and Liam, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Joey King, We put together some PR relationships for different celebrities. I break my rule, and we do talk a bit about Kim Kardashian and her fashion or lack thereof. And we also talk about pop culture predictions for 2023, which I always just think is like so fun. I also want to thank our sponsors up top. We've got ZocDoc for a sponsor and Ritual Vitamins. And I love both of these sponsors. They're absolutely fantastic. So we'll be hearing more about them later. And without further ado, let's get this show on the road and introduce you to Olivia. Here we go. All right. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have Olivia on Fluently Forward with us this week. Olivia, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, Thanks for having me. I have been obsessed with your TikTok videos. I wish for each person there was a feature on TikTok where you could see when you started following them and like what the first video was that you saw of them. But I've just been obsessed with watching your pop culture commentary on TikTok because you have such a fresh perspective on things and you speak so you can tell that you're truly giving your own opinion and you're never mean or nasty, but it's just like a refreshingly honest take, which is kind of hard to find on the internet nowadays. So how did you join TikTok and like start talking about pop culture online? What was that like? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliments. It's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me ever. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I started making TikToks like literally about The Bachelor, just like randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like people in my comments are like, well, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? And I've always loved pop culture. So I was like, I don't know, I may as well just like talk about random shit on here. And people kind of responded well to it. And that's kind of how it all started. But yeah. Interesting. Now, what video of yours would you say has been like the most popular, typically Bachelor stuff? No. Oh, man. I Honestly, I feel like I think I got a surge of followers when I covered the Met Gala, just like talking about outfits. Yes. And we need more people do because I feel like nowadays you can tell who is being honest online and who isn't because sometimes a celebrity will wear the most heinous shit ever. And somebody (laughs) goes, they looked stunning. And I'm like, they didn't like we it's okay that they didn't like they are beautiful, but they don't look good in that. And sometimes people look like weird on the carpet. Yeah, I don't know. People get like, when I talk about fashion on my page, people get like really offended when it's like their fave. And it's like, it's just because I don't like a dress doesn't mean I hate this person. It doesn't mean they're ugly. It just means I don't like this dress and that's it. 
hundred percent. It's just like so weird. I don't know. I I'm glad that we're not in the era of Joan Rivers being like absolutely like nasty to everyone because there are some people online who do this guise of like, oh, it's like just my opinions, but they're actually being bitches. But then Mm -hmm. it also swings too far into the other pendulum where it's like, not everyone looks good all the time, me included, you know, like you need to have that opinion about yourself, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think like when I first started talking about fashion, I'm not going to lie, like the first couple of videos I saw were people being mean. And so I thought that's what I had to do. And Mm -hmm. I remember one time I was talking about like an outfit from The Bachelor and I was pretty mean about it. And I got a comment from someone being like, hey, like that's kind of mean. And I was like, you know what? You were so right. Like it's not, I think I was just copying other people's style of fashion commentary, but it wasn't really me. And I think as I've posted more, I've learned that like, I don't have to be a bitch to get my point across or just like, I can make criticisms about an outfit without being an awful mean person. Cause that's like, being mean is just not my shtick like it Mm -hmm. is for some people. And I think as I've made more videos, I've learned like my commentary leans. I want to be honest, but I'm not going to be a mean person about it. Totally. And you you can tell, like, I also love to when people you know, it's so easy. There's all these quotes. And like, I have like, I have a secret Instagram account where I like have all of these quotes that I save just about being a creator online. Like sometimes you'll hear something nasty. And then I go over to my private Instagram filled of quotes that are like, it's easier to criticize than it is to create. And like, just all of these ideas, because it is true, like it is so much easier to shit on someone Mm -hmm. than it is to build them up. But I love creators. And I feel like you do this all the time, too, where you'll say, I didn't like this show or I didn't like how they said this or wore that. If I was them, like I would have done this or if they added X, Y, Z to it, it could have been better. So that idea of creators out there, I'm thinking of even like Girl Boss Town with her PR strategies, whenever they provide solutions of how something could imagine or how they're going to rewrite the last season of Game of Thrones. I love that because it's truly creating content, like you're creating a story of what could happen or how things could be better. Yeah, for sure. I think that's better than just being like, I hate this and this sucks, so fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's better to like add, be like, oh, like this is what I would do differently. They still look great. Or this is what I would differently, would do differently. But this is still great too. Like I try to find a balance and just not, I don't want to ever be like mean, I guess. Yeah. And I remember with the Met Gala, there was someone who, God, maybe it was you. They were like, Billie Eilish's look, if she had just removed like this part of it and then added XYZ, it would have been so much better. And they had like a little sketch of what that could have looked like. Mm. I love that. So who mm-hmm. who always, who are you always impressed by on the red carpet? Like anytime I see Gemma Chan or Zendaya on the red carpet or Blake Lively for the Met Gala, I'm always like, okay, like it's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. I, those, I think, Zendaya I'm always really impressed by Mm -hmm. Blake Lively like you mentioned I think even more so Blake because she doesn't have a stylist so she always really impresses me yeah although do you think it's like sometimes I wonder I'm like I don't know I feel like I could just like browse on Pinterest and copy shit too like is (laughs) like do you think like having a stylist really makes or breaks someone um I don't think it makes I, well, I don't know if it necessarily makes or breaks someone. Which, by I the think, way, if anyone can see, I'm literally wearing a, I'm like wearing Banana Republic right now. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, is it really that hard to be stylish? No, I'm literally in a hoodie and like sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think it makes or breaks someone. I, 
I actually like when people have stylists. Like I like seeing how two creative people come together to create something. So I don't think it's a bad thing if you have a stylist. I think if you have like really a really good one, it's always interesting to see what they come up with. Like Zendaya works with Law Roach and he is an, he's a great stylist and like how they collaborate together. Like, cause she always looks great on the red carpet, but it's not just her doing it. So I don't think it's a bad thing if you have a stylist. If you have a good one, you always look great. Yes, yes. And that's something too, you don't really want to take a risk on because- when you're at the Met Gala, like your job is there to look good. You know, mm-hmm. you you can, you don't have to spend money on being media trained, just say no interviews and I'll look good. And that would be like <laughs> yeah. a better use of your money. Now, exactly. what are your thoughts on um, honoring Carl Lagerfeld in the upcoming Met Gala? It's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Definitely. It's a bizarre one. Like I have no idea how that's happening. Like, I feel like even when he died, no disrespect, but I feel like people are like, okay, cool. I'm kind of su- <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with like Mugler. I thought that would have been because I he passed away and I thought they would honor him. I guess they'll get to him eventually. But uh, yeah, Carl Lagerfeld is definitely a choice. I'm interested in seeing the outfits since I believe he's the creative director for Chanel and Chanel is just not my favorite mm-hmm. uh, house currently when it comes to what they're putting out. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. I just remember, I think a friend of mine had a coffee table book of his and it's like different quotes that he said over the years. And every single quote, I'm like, if I said this, my time on the internet would be done. And he's got like a coffee table book of all of the quotes about how like, you know, if if you're really determined, then you just won't eat and all of this like stupid shit like that. I'm like, that's crazy. And like he put that in a book and made money off of it. Like that's wild to me. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty controversial choice. I know I follow a lot of like high fashion people on Twitter that talk about clothes all the time and they're not happy about uh, him being the, what do you call it? The, the topic the for the men. Or, yeah. Yeah. The theme, not, I think. Yeah. They're not happy about him being the theme and it makes sense because he, he said some really fucked up things over the years. Um, so it's definitely an odd choice to honor him. Yeah, we'll see. And once again, like we know it's going to be the same as every year. It's like there's a theme and then people just wear whatever they want and then everybody gets mad about them not (laughs) honoring the theme. It's like whatever. But I will say like it's such a fun part of the year. Like I don't even really watch award shows, but the red carpet is always going to be something that I at least watch or I go on BuzzFeed the next day to like scroll through and have a coffee and like look at people. Yeah, I love that it's become like such a pop culture moment. Like people get excited for it to like see, it's like a, I don't know, it's, I guess like Hollywood Halloween, I guess. Like everyone yes. gets to like come out and wear these extravagant outfits and like us plebeians can judge from our homes. So it's My fun. dream is like here in, I mean, it happens here in New York. And one of the years I want to like six months before, honestly, like try to get one of the jobs on the inside. My friend dated a guy and he, his job was basically to... Like when you get out of your car, somebody walks on your arm and they assist you to the red carpet. Mm -hmm. And he's just like this hot guy. And that was his job was to assist celebrities. I'm like, ooh, I couldn't do that. But maybe I could be like the janitor one night or something. (laughs) (laughs) Just try to get in. Somehow, right? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some trending pop culture topics of the past like week and a half before we get into some of the takes that you've had on TikTok, which I'm so excited to talk about. Number one, Beyonce's performance in Dubai. Have you seen the leaked clips on TikTok? I, I didn't. I saw some clips on Twitter. I didn't okay. watch them though. But oh, did you? out of out of respect for the rules that they had, or just because <laughs> you were busy browsing? No, I was just like, oh, it's Beyonce performing. I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh. It, just didn't, it just didn't grab me. I guess. Well, yeah. Also, they're very, very grainy ones. I there was like this one 
clip of her, and I'm not even a music, you know, aficionado, but she was doing different runs of something. Mm -hmm. There's a trend on TikTok of it's called the Beyonce Siren Call. It's very, very impressive. I've probably listened to it like 20 different times so far. Yeah. But I find it so funny that everybody was very mad about her performing in Dubai and how much money she made. People are saying it was $25 million. And I think they did the math where it was like every 30 seconds she made $100,000 off the performance. And I'm always kind of baffled by that because uh, people always get mad at the person making the money and never the person giving the money. Like this happened with that Netflix movie, Don't Look Up. Jennifer Lawrence was paid $25 million for her role in it. Leonardo DiCaprio was paid $30 million, which, by the way, they were trying to do a whole, you know, it's anti-feminist. I'm like, I don't know. Her getting paid $25 million sounds like it's good for, you know, a woman. So I'm not really that upset by it. But I just always wonder, like, why why do people get mad at the person receiving the money rather than the studio for paying them that much rather someone else or those people in Dubai choosing to spend their money in a different way? What's your thought on, like, these outrageous amounts of money that celebrities make for doing something that takes maybe like a couple weeks or a month out of their life. Uh, what a life to live. Like I, <laughs> I just can't imagine ever seeing that kind of money in my lifetime. So, and if I, I saw it, by the way, you would never see me again. Like literally. I would take it and run. Yeah. <laughs> literally. I would just disappear and never talk to anyone ever again. So I, I don't know, I guess it's hard for me to even like wrap my mind around someone receiving that much money for like such a short amount of time because I like I, I I would literally never see that money in my life yeah it it really is absolutely baffling to me and I really want to do a deep dive into the amount of money that exists uh in Dubai and the Middle East, I was there a couple years ago. Our family had a layover and we stayed for a couple days there because I think with Emirates, you're able to stay for free, mm-hmm. for free. I just always think of feet pics whenever I say that now, <laughs> for free. <laughs> but you're able to stay there for free for tourism, basically, whereas with other places, you can't just lay over for a couple of days and then continue your flight. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. Oh, my God. Everything in Dubai is just like, have you ever been? No. Oh my God, it's like a different world. But I'm fascinated by all the money that exists there and like how yeah. it exists and the malls that are built. So if anyone knows anything, please reach out to me in the DMs because I feel like that could be a very cool episode is like why and how Dubai has like shot up to the moon ever since that uh, Sex in the City movie. <laughs> like, it seems like a whole other world. Doesn't it? And like the, the uh, tart makeup like trips that are out there, it just feels like the tourism is really skyrocketing. It's crazy. Ritual vitamins. For the last couple of months, I have had two habits. One of them is taking ritual vitamins. And then the other habit is telling everyone who will speak to me about ritual vitamins because I have been so obsessed with taking these vitamins, mainly for two reasons. One, they look cool, okay? They look so cool. I've never seen a cooler looking vitamin. And they also have a minty, fresh taste. I don't know why everyone is not doing this because you feel so invigorated and clean and energetic and minty fresh when you taste them. So I am always taking my ritual vitamins. I brought them down for Christmas. Everyone in the family took it and they all said the same thing. I love that minty fresh taste. Now, what is the ritual multivitamin for women? It is a clinically backed vitamin for women 18 plus. It's got high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable 
forms. You take two capsules per day and it has nine key nutrients in them and such a cool looking like beadlet in oil type of pill. It's so fun to take them. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. So you can visit ritual.com slash fluently to start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. Um, okay. Up next, Pete Davidson has shaved off all of his hair. Have you seen pictures of him with his head shaved? No, but I'm about to look it up. <laughs> look it up. I I mean, I don't think it's that huge of a difference because it's not like he had, I don't know, like Harry Styles, long curls. Mm-hmm. But one of the pop culture takes that you had on one of your videos, which I could totally see happening, was you said that Pete Davidson, he was going to up the ante. And in 2023, he was going to have a baby. Thoughts on Pete so. Davidson? <laughs> I could totally see it. I hope he has a baby. Like, give me something to talk about. I'm over the dating stuff. Um, as far as Pete Davidson, I, he like, I don't know. I feel like I, the more I've like learned about him and pop culture, the, I don't know, his charm is kind of worn off on me. Like I used to be like very interested in him and I would watch interviews of him and I'm like, wow, he's really charming. Like when I watch interviews of him, I get how girls are attracted to him. Um, but like learning more about him, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I have the ick, but I'm just like not. The allure has worn off. Like, I'm just not interested in him anymore. Yes. Unless he has a baby. <laughs> then I'm yeah. not interested in him. <laughs> and if he has twins, then I'll really be interested. <laughs> I'll really be excited. <laughs> if he does the Elon Musk route and he, like, secretly impregnates old coworkers, you're like, ooh. <laughs> exactly. I think, too, like, you always kind of want to. And I obviously, like, all of these celebrities, they're literally strangers to us. But I just find it so interesting the way we perceive them. And when Pete Davidson was with Ariana Grande, I think a lot of people were, like, He's the underdog. We're going to root for him. He's just mm-hmm. this kind of gangly, funny guy, and he got lucky, and he's with Ariana Grande, and he treats her really well, and we love that. And for me, I just think when he started dating Kim Kardashian, I went, this is the beginning of the end. You've reached the top of the mountain, and the only thing ahead of you is a fall down the mountain because you can't go higher than Kim Kardashian. And the way that he's treated as, you know, like Hollywood's boyfriend – the amount of women he's dated over the past couple of years, I mean, I'm not judging it because if I was a celebrity, I sometimes I go on three dates a week, you know, like I mm-hmm. would be that person. But it's the way that he has so many tattoos of people he's been with, the way that he branded himself. I just think, once again, if a woman did that, she would be in a conservatorship and Pete Davidson does that and he gets invited on a late night talk show to talk about it. And I just think it's like a totally different perception. Literally, like I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, I don't, because I'm just thinking about like how much shit, like for example, Taylor Swift got for like dating around a lot or like yeah. being seen with men. Um, and I'm like, Pete just gets to not only hop around from moment to moment, but like brand himself and get tagged. First of all, can I just say like the fact that he got Kim's initials and her children's initials tattooed on him, the such kids. a, I feel like it flew under the radar. Like I don't feel like enough people talked about how insane that was and how crazy that was to do and I'm just like there's no way a woman would be would get away with getting a man's like kids tattoo on him that's insane that is no it is insane and also like where like where are they now like is he gonna cover them you know how they have um there's a guy on Twitter who tracks like Elon Musk's private jet there should Mm -hmm. be someone who like 
keeps us abreast of like Pete Davidson's tattoos and branding. <laughs> like, where are they now? Like, is he still walking around with kids, kids initialed on his chest? Like, I such a I like I would have been scared if I were Kim. I'd be like, this is like I'm dating a guy for like eight months, and you've got my kids tattooed. That's scary. Like in real life, in a real life context, that's scary. <laughs> It's it's really nuts. It's certainly a red flag. And it's just, I don't know. I also feel like North, Northwest is seconds away from like getting a podcast. And I feel like she thinks it's weird. And she would tell us that she thinks it's weird. Like Literally. How are the kids going to feel about that too? Like that's so embarrassing. Some man that you barely knew has like your initials tattooed on his chest because he was like in love with your mother for a little bit. Craziness. So creepy. <laughs> My God. Okay, up next, Ashton Kutcher. He, I feel like I haven't heard much about him recently, but he did an interview recently and he was speaking about many different things in the interview. And him and Mila Kunis are kind of a more uh, passive Kristen Bell, Dak Shepard to me, where they mm-hmm. do that like raw honesty where sometimes it goes a little bit too far. And he recently told a story about how he took an edible after having a vasectomy. And then he became ven- convinced that him and Mila Kunis lost all of their money. And I think it's one of those things where, dude, I've taken edibles and had crazy thoughts. And if I was a guy, I would get a vasectomy. I don't think any of those topics, there's no judgment, there's nothing wrong about any of it. But talking about it in an interview, I just always wonder, do you think that these publicists are your friends and you just get caught up in it? Are you doing this on purpose to try and seem relatable? With Kristen and Dax, it always baffles me too. So I'm curious what you think about celebrities being rawly honest or purely authentic in a way where it kind of straddles the line between honesty and like TMI. I guess I'm always really confused by celebrities that talk too much. Cause I just feel like if I were a celebrity, I just would, I would, I always in my head, I don't know if I've ever said this in a TikTok, but I feel like more celebrities should implement the like Zendaya method when it comes to media training of just yeah. like, she keeps it simple and cute and charming in interviews. She answers the questions. She shows up in a cute outfit and then she goes home <laughs> and she doesn't post too much on social media. Like she keeps a good, it's like she does a really good job at making her self seem relatable enough to where you like her, but she keeps a distance, like she keeps a wall up so you don't form too much of a parasocial relationship with her. Like you don't know so much about her personal life. And I feel like more celebrity, like we should lo- we should know less about each other. Like I feel like celebrities should learn to stop talking so much because I, the whole like, relatable thing I I feel like it always they always take it a step too far it always ends up being a little bit too much yeah it always does and I don't know why they always in an effort to be relatable I feel like this happens with Kristen Bell Dak Shepard and Ashton Kutcher Mila Kunis they always maybe it's because they're they are at least aware enough to know that nothing in their life for the most part is relatable to us the food they eat the house they live in the friends they have the cars they drive we can't relate to any of that there's this great um Do you watch 30 Rock at all? No. I've heard about it, though. Such a good TV show. And Alec Baldwin's character is talking to Tracy Morgan's character. And he's saying, you know, now that you've made a lot of money, your stand-up comic books are are starting to get a little bit unrelatable. And you flash to Tracy doing this stand-up where he goes, you ever notice how people always eat lobster like this? (laughs) And everyone in the audience is like, no, like, I don't eat lobster. (laughs) And I feel like celebrities are at least aware enough to know that they are unattainable 
Mm-hmm. So then in an effort to relate, they always make it about hygiene. And both Ashton and Dax and Kristen and Mila, they're always like, yeah, because you know what it's like when you're always farting at home or when, you know, the bedroom stinks or like when we only wash our kids when they get really dirty. And it's like, I don't know, I just feel like you could relate to us through experiencing the human emotions or feelings of loss or joy or how much you love your family. But they always take it back to, and I'm just like you because I don't fucking shower. Yeah, that's so strange. I don't know why it's always like, hey, guys, I don't bathe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't find that relatable. I actually do bathe. Thank you, though. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I might be poorer than you, but I have money for water, you know? Like, <laughs> we have soap over here, actually, so I don't know what you guys are doing. Absolutely bizarre. So we'll see what happens with them. I will say, though, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, they do a lot of nonprofit charitable work. So to me, I always think, like, if you're going to talk a lot, at least if you're spending your money and donating it, I'm thankful for that. Mm -hmm. With Zendaya, how do you think she was able to set herself apart from so many of those Disney girls? Because there's always this idea, I think people think of... um, Hilary Duff, Selena Gomez as the Disney girls who got away without any scandals, which is why I love Selena Gomez's blind item so much because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, she had scandals. You just didn't Mm -hmm. hear about them. But what do you think made Zendaya so differently, especially when you see her and Bella Thorne on these completely separate tracks in life, despite having both started on Shake It Up? I think Zendaya was lucky enough. From what I've gathered, I think she had really great parents. I think a lot of child stars don't start out that way. I know Bella Thorne, I know her home life wasn't great. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Zendaya, I think she has like really a close relationship with her mom and her dad. So they really protected her as far as her career and how she's managed to like just really blow up. It Honestly, arguably you could say as like the it girl of Gen Z. I know that term gets like thrown around a lot, but I really do think that like she will probably be remembered as the it girl for Gen Z. I, I really do think like fashion put her on the map and was yeah. made her be able to separate herself from everyone else. And because I know her stylist Law has talked about that a lot about like when he first met her at like 14, he knew like he saw something in her and saw potential in her. And like they really hit the ground running together. And like, cause he said that like in the beginning of her career, no one knew her name. And so like, she would always show up to events, like whatever event it was, she would just show up just to get her name printed in the press and get talked about in like fashion magazines of like who wore best or talked about on the TV shows. And so like her name being so synonymous with fashion, I think really helped her separate herself from everyone else. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And it's funny, the little kind of shortcuts that people take to try to get big, like For example, Taylor Swift starting in country to get a small niche audience before you go into pop or Kim Kardashian being Paris Hilton's like assistant before she made it big Mm -hmm. or what else do some people do? Trying to date your way up to the top and then you get talked about or going through it through the fashion route. 100% like I think I started becoming obsessed with Zendaya because of her fashion. I still remember that green dress she wore where it's like a corset top and then the Mm -hmm. silk bottom. Like I could probably describe to you at least like 10 different outfits she's worn. And I don't think I could do that for any other celebrity out there. Yeah. Like she really, it was just such a smart way, especially because like she's so tall and she's so model-esque. So whenever people would see her, like even before they really knew her, they'd be like, oh, who's that pretty girl? Like the pretty tall one that looks like a model. Everyone started to take notice of her. And it was just such a smart strategy for her to use. 
Yes. And I remember watching her Architectural Digest house tour and she was saying that she's very introverted too. And I'm huge into like, do you know what your Myers-Briggs personality type is? Oh my gosh. I have it saved in my phone. I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. Okay. What's, well, I, what's yours? Mine's ENFP. Okay. And I'm really curious in like the introvert extrovert dynamic because she was saying in that video that she's super introverted and you can tell that some celebrities like they they're dying to be talked about they love the attention love the limelight and then there's other celebrities who who is like everyone's obsessed with Sebastian Stan and I feel like he's not really like posting stuff on social media or trying to be talked about and I feel like that's what gets you a hardcore fan base sometimes Mm -hmm. is the fact that like Maybe it even comes down to like weird, blurry ideas of consent too, but it's like you feel you feel closer to someone when you find out something. Like Kristen Bell, who cares? I could find out everything <laughs> on her life by listening to the podcast. But if I find out a secret about Zendaya, it means more because you don't mm-hmm. know as much about them. Yeah. Like I feel that way about is it Chris Pine? Like people are obsessed with him. Like yes, Chris they said Pine. that like he doesn't even like he has a flip phone. Like he's just so off the grid. But it makes people more interested. He's like, what the fuck? Why do you just have a flip? Phone? That's so cool and weird. <laughs> like you're just so off the grid. So now I want to know more about you. Right. And then another celebrity comes in, they're like, I have a rotary phone. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like they're cooler. Someone's like, like I just yeah. use a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now this is like more trending news than celebrity, but The YouTuber Mr. Beast, uh, everybody's been talking about him this week. He does all of these crazy challenge videos on YouTube, and he did one where they cured a thousand people of blindness. And I watched the video, and basically it's um, on the, I'm probably going to say the wrong term, on the retina, basically the, the pupil of your eye or something, there's a milky film that can go there. So everything you see is blurry and you're, you know, legally blind. And there's a very simple surgery where you go in, you kind of suck out this white stuff that's hurting the eye, and then you put a fake uh, lens in. Mm -hmm. And within 10 minutes, you're able to cure them of blindness. So they did that for a thousand people. And a lot of people are much, much discourse about this online, basically saying, is he milking this just for money? Is this ethically wrong to do? What are your thoughts on using content to do good things in the world? Oh man, I feel like that's that's a tough one. Cause yeah. like at the end of the day, you are helping people. But I don't know. I guess I I just I feel it because like it kind of reminds me of those videos where people like they go up to like homeless people and they're like, here, here's money, homeless person. It's, I don't know. It just feels those it just feels weird to me. Yeah. I hate it. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. A part of me just I get because like the argument I've seen for people saying like it's a good thing is like oh well you're encouraging people in the world to do good things and like it's a positive video but then a part of me is just like it's kind of exploitative because I'm just like if you want to be a good person just do it like you don't have to show me and I don't think you should like make content off of like vulnerable people to show that you're a good person just be a good person like you don't I don't know it's just it's like a really tough topic I guess it, it just really depends on how you feel about it I personally wouldn't do it. I wouldn't film myself like going to the soup kitchen because I'm a good person. Like, I don't know. I just wouldn't do that. And also too, when I see some of those videos of people filming themselves giving food or money to people who are homeless, I remember Jake Paul had a video on that. Like he spent his Thanksgiving back in whatever the fuck they called it, like the hype house or something. No, (laughs) it wasn't the hype house, but it was something like that. And they gave out brown uh, bag lunches to people who were living on the streets in LA. And I just think, 
All right, maybe you could film it if you're giving like a car or something massive. But if it's just a lunch, like that's just, I don't know, insane to me. And also it's just not, that's not the correct way that charitable nonprofits work because you're not fixing a system that's broken. You're not helping someone to then help themselves. Like curing people of blindness, I think, is large enough of a thing that it, it could be inspiring and I don't know, let people know about the surgery if maybe they didn't know of it or donate to something. But I do think, too, videos of people going to soup kitchens or doing small acts, I do wonder the ROI of, like, how many people then get inspired to do something or do you just flick with your thumb onto the next and it's, like, for nothing? Yeah, especially because, like, I think I saw with the Mr. Beast thing, a lot of people were criticizing him and being like, are you doing it out of the kindness of your heart? Because, like, you're getting something in return. Like, you're getting views, and then in turn, you get money. And then people were saying that, like, you get a tax write-off because this is your job. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, everything that he does in his videos is already a tax write-off, to, yeah. to be honest. Like, he, I remember he built that set for Squid Games, and, like, everything that was built is already a tax write-off. Um, mm -hmm. But that's true. I don't know. It's... It's weird. It's interesting that people are talking about it because I don't know how I feel. And I think at the end of the day, we all agree, like, it's just sad that a video like this even has to be made because it's, yeah. it's not like people like this could afford the surgery on their own, which is nuts. Exactly. Well, yeah, I feel like that's one point we can all agree on. It's, just, it's yeah. really sad. Right. So we'll see. I, I'm going to be curious to see uh, what he continues to do. And he has had a track record. I watched one video where they cleaned up a beach full of garbage. So he has a track record of doing really good things. But then it's also crazy that like we need this YouTuber kid to be doing good things. Like it should be coming from the people that we vote into office and we pay with our tax money. You know, I would hope that they're cleaning up beaches and shit, but they're not. They're taking private jets somewhere. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the way it is. ZocDoc. I am so excited that ZocDoc is going to be sponsoring today's episode because I have been using ZocDoc for, I think, maybe six years now. I've used them in Chicago, Tampa, San Francisco, New York, all over, and I've always had a great experience. When you get into this phase of life where you're not really like living at home anymore, you're not in college, and you can't just ask your mom like, hey, who's the dermatologist down the street that you go to? you're living on your own. So that's why ZocDoc has always been so helpful for me. Anytime I need to see a specialist or if I've moved to a new city and I just need to see a primary care doctor, I always find them on ZocDoc. You can see exactly where the um, doctor specialist is. You can see their ratings, their reviews. You can book an appointment through the app, find out exactly when they're available. It's just so, so easy. So ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and can deliver the type of experience that you want. So ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. And of course, that insurance thing, very important. It's just so nice, easy and seamless to be able to slot your insurance in and see who accepts it rather than having to do all of that. So go to ZocDoc.com fluently and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com fluently. ZocDoc.com fluently. Now, let's get into some of the videos that you've made on TikTok. I have loved coming to your page for updates on the TJ Holmes and Amy Robach 
ABC affair scandal. The latest update you were talking about is they have both been fired. Mm-hmm. Were you expecting that to happen? I was expecting TJ to get fired. I wasn't expecting Amy because I wasn't sure on what grounds they would fire her on. Because like yes. when the story first came out, they weren't in trouble. Like ABC didn't care. Um, it wasn't until more stories came out about TJ that they then launched the investigation. So when more stuff came out about TJ, I was like, okay, yeah, he's for sure going to get fired. But Amy, I wasn't expecting because I was like, what are they going to fire her on? And it was really weird too, because there was a an investigation and it was something where they were like, we found bottles of alcohol in her dressing room. And then her PR person fires back and they went, yeah, that alcohol was a gift from ABC and everyone has the same bottle of wine in their dressing room. Like, that's insane. So you could tell that they were trying to plant something. And did you know that she was related to the leak Epstein audio? I had no clue about that. Like, that is the most shocking thing I've ever heard. Okay, so years ago, when everything was coming out with Jeffrey Epstein, after he had already died or been killed, who knows? You guys know how I feel about that. (laughs) But she, I think it was Project Veritas. They're like a conservative, like, investigation group that does all of these hot wire things. And honestly, it's kind of funny to watch some of their videos. I know someone who was on the receiving end of being like caught on one of their videos. They will send people, and I always want to know who these honeypot spies are, and they'll send these like conservative hot people out on dates with uh, someone happened. A recent one was they went out on a date with someone who worked at Pfizer or people who work for, I don't know, the Democratic Party, and they'll go out on like what they think is a hinge date, and it's really somebody with a hidden camera asking them all about their job, and then they end up using that footage to be like, here's why the deep state is doing blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, like I'm dying to know how their honeypot system works, but for whatever reason, they have a bunch of leaked videos that they've done over the years. And this was one of Amy Robach. She's a ABC news anchor, the one who's involved in the affair with TJ. And she was basically saying, years ago, I had the Epstein story and I tried to pitch it. And I had the witnesses. I had the victims. I had stuff on Clinton. I had stuff on the royal family. I had all of it. And they wouldn't let me do it. The uh, royal family called and basically said, If you put out the story, you'll never be able to interview Will and Kate, and they squash the story. Now, granted, she she wasn't talking about it like she was so upset that justice wasn't going to be seen. She was a little bit more upset that she didn't get the lead and Mm -hmm. obviously the, you know, press that would have came with it. But ever since that happened, I have been thinking they're probably going to try to fire her because that's a crazy thing to basically say that ABC knowingly shut down the Epstein scandal. That is crazy. I well, this is news to me. <laughs> I didn't know. I yeah. I've never even heard about Amy until the TJ thing. Yes. So and I didn't know it was the same Amy. Like I just assumed that she was fired after I had never looked into it. And then when her name popped back up, I was like, oh, that is the woman who said that she had the Epstein story and ABC didn't let them do it. So we'll Wild. see. If you were Amy and TJ, what would be your next move, like PR wise? Okay. I'm thinking. At this point, both of them, you've got to Have a baby lean. with Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally just have a baby. <laughs> An open relationship now. Um, well, I mean, I guess, I mean, TJ cheats. So it may, well, it, honestly, Every, it may All of his relationships, relationship. yeah. <laughs> um, but at this point, I think TJ and Amy should just, like, lean into the narrative about, like, forbidden lovers. Like, I, they really... 
how they've handled it thus far, it's like they're not apologizing. They're like they're out taking like paparazzi walks in like New York, making out on the pier. Like they just don't care. So honestly, at this point, they should just like lean into it. I'm wanting like a full blown People magazine cover in a couple of months about like what are we up to since the firing and like a tour around their home. Give me some artful shots of them like hugging each other. Like just go full blown dramatic forbidden lovers. I just, I want to see it. Like just lean into it because at this point like you kind of blew up your entire life for each other. So just like fuck it and <laughs> just like I guess at least try to profit off of it. I think that's the only way you can try to salvage this. Yes, I love that. I wish Halloween was coming up and then they could dress as like Romeo and Juliet or something yeah. and just, you know, like make people angry. Yes. <laughs> I'd love it. Okay, you did this other video. Oh, God, this was so good. And I only found out this news from your video where Haley Bieber was wearing the Nepo Baby t-shirt. And when this photo of her came out in some like random fucking parking garage wearing the Nepo Baby t-shirt, a lot of people were saying, is this photoshopped? Is this even true? Did somebody else do this for her? And you basically explained in the video that this was an actual t-shirt. She wore it in a parking garage. It looked to me like she called the paparazzi to take a picture of her in it. And then she changed out of the t-shirt. So it wasn't even like she was wearing it out in public, like very much me in high school, like taking a picture in the dressing room and then like taking off the dress and being like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I'm not brave enough to wear it in public. Yeah. And you said, you had two great notes. You said, number one, it would have worked better on someone like Miley, who is a Nepo baby, but they actually have talent. I thought that was such a great idea. Yeah. Cause to me, it's like the shirt is clearly like meant to be like a tongue in cheek joke. It's meant to be like a kind of like a fuck you to people and like trying to like reclaim the narrative and be cheeky and funny. It doesn't. I just said, like, I don't think the joke works as well as on Haley because she is someone that's kind of known for who she's connected to. Like the joke yeah. is kind of like the joke would be funnier if it's like more subversive. And so on someone like Miley, who's technically a Nepo baby, no one really thinks of her as a Nepo baby because she is so talented and like has made a lane for herself. So the joke would have worked better on someone like her, but also because like Miley has, like she doesn't care. And so she doesn't mind the controversy, but like with Haley changing out of the shirt, to me, it shows that like she cares too much about what people think. Like that's what bothers me about Haley. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go on a rant. It go. bothers me <laughs> that I feel like she needs to pick a side. Like she needs to either decide if she wants to be like the sweet girl who like cares or if she wants to like not give a fuck about what people say. Cause like she plays both sides to me. And I'm like, you have to lean one way or the other. Um, you have to commit to whatever persona you want. Cause you can't try to wear a shirt that's like giving a middle finger to people and like, fuck you guys. And then change out of it and be like, oh my God, no. Cause I don't want people to be mad at me. Like Haley, pick a side. <laughs> you either care or you don't. Dude, a hundred percent. And also like, if she wore the t-shirt, it almost should have said Nepo wife instead of Nepo baby. Right. It's like, what did you even do with your Nepo? It's not like you're, you've even like been in a movie. Like you haven't done anything. And I always get so frustrated with Haley Bieber because I completely agree with you. Like she is, she's online and then she's mad about what she sees online. And then she'll like do these like half-hearted things. It's just so, it's so weird and bizarre to me. And I just always think too, if you don't want to be like just Justin Bieber's wife, I'm always baffled. Why did you have your YouTube channel in a bathroom? Like you don't want to be like the stay at home wife who's doing nothing. And then you have a YouTube channel and it's not even your bathroom. You built a set 
to have it be in a bathroom. Like I want to see Hailey Bieber go on the road, travel, do a cooking show, meet people. But every action she does firmly cements herself as I'm just home with Justin Bieber. I'm just home with Justin Bieber. And if she doesn't want to be perceived that way, I just think that's what it is. It's perception. Like you're telling people how to perceive you. And if you keep taking these weird actions, of course, the public is going to have like a little bit of a funky opinion of you. I mean, some of us are bitches, but I also think some of it is like you've you've led us to believe this about you because Haley Bieber is, for lack of a better word, like a complete blank slate. Yeah. And like with the Nepo baby shirt, I said this in my video. I'm like, that was like, instead of a Nepo baby shirt, she should have worn something like no personality or miss no personality or it's like something funny. Like that was your moment to do something funny. And like she completely missed the mark. And I'm just like, Haley, like she, to me, she always misses it. I'm just like, I wish someone would like get to her and she's like, Haley, just do this and just show people that you are so like, just the shirt could have been a moment to be like a self-aware joke and like laughing at herself because everyone's always calling her boring and like saying she has no personality. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you should have done something with that and just been funny. And I'm like, yet again, Haley, you missed it. A hundred percent. And it also is like, I, in your gut, because let's just be honest, we're judging these people and they're strangers. We don't know them. Do you think Haley is a sweet, religious angel, goodness of her heart? Or do you think she's kind of bitchy with Kendall Jenner, mean girl, doesn't tip servers, if you had to pick? I think if I had to pick, I definitely think she's bitchy. Mm. But I honestly think my guess is that like, I I think she's a very insecure person. Like I don't, I feel like her bitchiness comes more from like defensiveness yeah, and like wanting to like assert her dominance. Cause like she's out of all the people she hangs out with, she's like the least interesting person in the room most of the time like she's either on Justin's arm and he's more famous than her or it's like she's with Kendall and Kylie and they're more interesting than her so I don't I she probably is bitchy but that's the thing like that's what confuses me because like when people say make videos saying like oh I met her and she's a bitch she'll comment and be like oh my god I'm so sorry like that's not me I'm just like Haley that is (laughs) there are some people where I'm like also like just like, don't have a bur- get a burner account. Like, it's fine to yeah. be online, but you can't attach your name to all of it. And she's been caught so many times, too, like accidentally liking Jelena fan page photos and then sliding in and being like, sorry, I did that on accident. And it's like, get a burner, get a burner. <laughs> I just wish that, like, if she were a bitch, then just commit to being it. like kind of like take the Naomi Campbell route of just like, she's very mean and everybody knows she's mean, but she just doesn't care. And she just kind of lives in it. So I'm like, okay, if you're going to be a bitch, then at least like lean into it. But like, she just plays both sides to me where she's like bitchy, but then like she hates when people call her a bitch. So then she's like, no, 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 I'm I'm nice. I swear. And it's like, are you though? (laughs) There's something so comfortable about someone who stands up and they go, I'm shades of gray. I'm an anti-hero. Sometimes I say fucked up stuff, but then sometimes I say good stuff. And it's weird because I feel like there are people like Haley and there's another celebrity too that was bugging me for doing this because I feel like they just oscillate between um, the best or the worst or the best or the worst. Like, ooh, it was um, Taylor Swift because I feel like in a lot of her music, half the times in her music and her speeches, she's going, I'm a fucking boss. I'm number one. Anything I want, I get it. Like, I'm the best. I work so hard for this, damn it. And then the other half of her speeches and music, she's going, I'm just too soft for this. And like, what can I do? I like, I'm nothing. Like, you broke up with me on the phone. Like, uh, yes, I'm at the top, but it's like so hard to be a woman in music. And it's just so hard when people, they half the time they want you to think that they're a victim. And then the other half, they want you to think that they're a badass. And it's like, 
are you a victim or are you a badass or are you something in the middle? I'll believe whatever you tell me, but you're telling me two things that are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. So it's hard to like recalibrate that. Yeah. Like I, I think exactly. But and like, I really respect celebrities that like have a, a set persona, like Mariah Carey. Like I love that. She's just like, Unapo- like unapologetically like I'm a diva if you like it you like it if you don't whatever fuck you like I at least like at least just be that then like I respect that like she's not over here pretending to be like shy Bambi like oh my god no I- look, look I'm a diva and if you yeah. like it cool yeah even like Russell Brand like I used to love watching his interviews because he's like crazy fast talking with that British accent but you know you're always going to get a guy in suspenders being like and then I did this and like hi Conan O'Brien now I'm dancing and you're like yeah it's probably not who they are but I like it. It's a character and I'm watching it and it it makes people more comfortable somehow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. This was a very interesting video you had talking about Miley Cyrus, Liam Hemsworth, <laughs> and the rumors that sprung out of the ground like daisies. What is that from? Shrek or something? Where uh, <laughs> the rumors about the flowers song, and I think Miley Cyrus stands have now admitted to fully making up this idea that the house Liam the music video was filmed in. Liam cheated with 14 different girls. And you said this great quote in the video where you said, people won't care about the truth if the lie is more interesting. And I thought about that with the recent rumors of Aaron Taylor Johnson cheating on his wife with Joey King. What do you think about this idea of people, certain lies and rumors about celebrities take off like wildfire and then others don't do you think that has to do with the celebrity it's about about people wanting it to be true about how sick and nasty the rumor is like why do you think some take off it I honestly think it's like a hundred percent based on who the celebrity is and if people like them or not because like Mm. With Aaron Taylor Johnson obviously people don't like Sam the the wife and so people are more willing to like believe the rumor of like, oh my God, thank God he cheated on her. Like he cheated on her, great, we'll believe it. But when it's someone like say Selena Gomez or someone who's like has the image of like- Yeah, she's not dating the chain smokers. They're like, she could never, even though she's holding his hand, they're like, no, it's PR, yeah. Right, like when it's someone that people like or has the image of like a good girl or a sweet person, people don't want to believe the negative things or they don't want to believe any rumors about them and they will like jump to de- to defend them. Like you can't say anything negative about them. But if it's someone people don't like, oh, well, the, the rumors are on. Like we'll believe anything. So people don't like Liam. Okay, we'll for sure believe that he cheated with like 15, 14 people in this house and like cheated with uh, Jennifer Lawrence when they were like in Hunger Games together, even though there's like no evidence of that except for like an interview of Jennifer being like, oh yeah, I kissed him once, one time. And people were like, see, there's the proof. Yeah, so they definitely like fucked raw. It's like if anything <laughs> means anything, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like she had a baby and like she aborted it. Like literally just believe anything. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, some of these stands need to go into a laboratory and be studied by science because the way that their brains work, I've never seen anything like it. It's it's like fanatical religion to like a completely different degree. It's crazy. I'm going to be so interested to see like what uh, articles are written about like parasol, like this whole social, because it's like, I feel like it's unprecedented. Like, I don't know what this is, but like, I'm so interested to see years from now, like the articles written about social media and the effects of parasocial relationships, because it's insane. I don't know if you've gotten, have you dealt with like a fair number of crazies on the internet or not yet? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I have 
I don't really read my comments. It's always a, a criticism people give me where they're like, hey, Olivia, I know you don't read your comments, but what could you answer me? <laughs> um, so I don't really read my comments, but I have gotten like one hate email and that was it. An email. And I bet yeah. it was long, wasn't it? It was, <laughs> I should have saved it because I felt like it was such like a moment for me. Like that's why I knew I made it when someone's like emailing me hate. Um, <laughs> But it was literally, it was after the Met Gala. I said, like, I guess I had said something about someone's outfit. But what's so funny is that, like, they didn't give me context as to, like, who it was they were upset by. It was just, like, a general comment of, like, fuck you. Like, you think, like, how dare you? You'll never get invited to the Met Gala. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, I don't know what I said. But, like, I, I wish I would have kept it. I would have framed it. Because it was, like, at that moment, I was shocked that I got a hate email. But then a part of me was like, wow, is this fame? Like, I this is my first hate email. Like, is this how I, like, did I make it? Like, yeah. is my, are my words that important that, like, someone wanted to email me? The email is always wild, too, because there's so many steps, you know, like just typing out I hate this on a TikTok video is one step. But then having to, like, find an email, go to a different <laughs> app, yeah. copy, paste it, have have a subject line. I'm sure the subject line was like, fuck you or something. Yeah. I just yeah. remember I did a video about how Selena Gomez and the guy from the Chainsmokers are probably bonding because they don't perform well live together. <laughs> and people were upset about that. But I don't call me crazy. I just think if you're being paid millions of dollars to be a singer and you're taking that spot from someone else who could have it, you should be able to sing live if you're getting paid millions to be a singer, but whatever. And I do love Selena's music. I just think she's not a good singer live, which by the way, she would say that too. Yeah, <laughs> I think she I, would agree with me. <laughs> like that's what I don't get. Like stands are so irrational that like you cannot, like you could, I like Selena's music. Like I've literally grown up with her music. I like yeah. her music, but like she's not a strong vocal talent. And that's fine no. to say. You can still enjoy the music and bop around to it in your room and still acknowledge the fact that she's not a strong singer. Like two things can be true at the same time, but like with stands, it's like, no, how dare you say that about her? She has an illness. Like that's why she can't sing. I'm like, what? Isn't that crazy? Which like, dude, it's just absolutely bizarre. And the number of uh, comments I got on my video of people being like, you're brave, they're coming for you, they're coming for you, for you. I'm like, this isn't fair that you're not allowed to say an opinion online without being nervous that you're going to get like death threats in your inbox. Like, it's a crazy thing. And I did get a bunch of death threats. There's nothing like waking up, checking your DMs, and a bunch of different photos of Selena Gomez's faces are like telling you to like <laughs> kill yourself in the inbox. I'm like, okay. And one person too, this was funny though, they said, uh, go die, bitch. You look like a wet dog. And I was like, well, that's actually kind of funny, though. Like, a wet dog? Because <laughs> wet dogs, <laughs> there's nothing more gross than looking at a wet dog who's, <laughs> like, all their fur is, like, shaking from the rain. I'm like, that's a pretty good one, though. <laughs> you got me there. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I did, I did kind of look like a wet dog. You nailed it. But it is interesting because going back to this idea of people believing rumors if they want to – you're completely right that it depends about the person. And I think about this too with like Leah Michelle not being able to read. Everyone already hated Leah Michelle. You wouldn't be able to put that type of, you couldn't do that to Drew Barrymore or someone. Mm -hmm. The rumor just wouldn't stick, but it, it does for Leah. Honestly, I feel like the rumor about her not being able to read was like the best unintentional PR she could have gotten. <laughs> yes. Because like she's an awful person, <laughs> like literally terrible. And people kind of like forgot about it because they were too busy laughing about the fact that the rumor that she can't read. Yes. And so I thought it was interesting that 
when she caught wind of this theory, she did, I forgot what interview it was, but she did an interview where she was like, it's offensive that like, you know, as a woman in the industry, people are like running with this narrative that I can't read. Like I've worked hard, but then I think she noticed that the theory was actually making people like her again. Yes. Then she got on TikTok and like leaned into the joke and like made a joke about it. And so all the comments were like, oh my God, love you queen. And I'm just like, wow, people really forgot that she's like a shitty person because this theory was so funny. And then she leaned into it and then everyone liked her again. Isn't that fat? Yeah, because she's really, and then she got the part of funny girl. Maybe that rumor got her the part, you know? Like yeah. I people definitely weren't talking about her before. Now, another video you did, this is my favorite purse. I'm one of my favorite things to do is to have a glass of wine and try to put together fake PR relationships. And you had a video about who should Normani date. And I've been saying for so she's so talented. She needs a PR relationship. Like it worked for Camila Camilla Cabello. Like, especially after you've been in a group, like one direction breaking up, but then like Zayn dating Gigi. I feel like after you've been in a group band, you need a PR relationship so people think of you as like on your own and it gives you that boost. People were giving different ideas of who Normani should date. Who do you think she would be good with? I She actually does have a boyfriend, I found out. Um, oh, ah, yeah. but it's, it must not be PR, She's like, which means it's real, damn it. I <laughs> know, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, she's dating some football player named DK Metcalf for like, he plays for the receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. So they've been dating, but she's very private about it. They don't really... You wouldn't you wouldn't know unless you like really look for it because like he'll yeah. post like random Instagram stories of like them FaceTiming and you see her in the corner or like he'll comment on her picture. So like that's how you know they're together. I love um, I love the like investigative work of that <laughs> though. Like that's always fun. Yeah, but like Normani, just in general, she just really I'm very intrigued by her PR strategy because I don't understand it for someone like to me. She's so private and I feel like that's such a strange strategy to use when you're trying to like keep your name out there and to keep people talking about you or maybe she's not trying to do that but like I I would think you want people to remember you especially when you don't have music out currently yeah like you have to throw yourself out there and then once you're at Beyonce Taylor Swift level you famously like move somewhere and you'd never do interviews and you just randomly drop albums but until that happens you have to be like ringing yourself out for the public yeah, and I think like I mean like not to pit women against each other, um, but like I guess like a great juxtaposition to her in terms of like PR strategy, I think is Chloe Bailey. Like she, I was just gonna say, and she's also like private and keeps to herself, but she, I feel like she does interviews, and you know, yeah, like she's also trying to like make a lane for herself as an artist away from her sister, and. But, like, she will still be on Twitter talking to fans and, like, making jokes or, like, posting little funny TikToks or uh, even before, because she has an album about to come out soon, but, like, even before that, she would post, like, random covers that would go, that would go viral. And so people would still remember her and we're still talking about her. And so I was, I'm always curious as to, like, why Normani doesn't do that or, like, why she doesn't interact more. Like, she'll just disappear. And so I think that's an interesting choice, especially for someone in her position. I wonder if part of that is like, I know Chloe and Hallie came up doing YouTube covers. So like they've kind of been used to this idea of social media and having mm. to self-promote and put yourself out there. And maybe with Normani and Fifth Harmony, like there was an entire team doing that. So she never thought that like you have to constantly be making it happen for yourself. I don't know. That's such a great point. Like I didn't think yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Chloe's probably used to like having to like 
on social media always interact. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting because it's just, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I was sad when the two sisters broke up. Like, I understand that, of course, like everyone's going to go their own way in life, but like, I really liked them together as a duo. Do you think they'll get back together? For sure. Like, I definitely think they'll get back together. I think they'll both, they're both just taking a little break to like do their little side projects, but they'll come back together, I think. I think so too. Every Plate Meal Kits. It is a brand new year and Every Plate is here to help you achieve all of your resolutions. Every Plate helps you save money with delicious, affordable recipes delivered straight to your door. This is also America's best value meal kit. Every Plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. And one of my favorite things about Every Plate as someone who lives solo is that they give you pre-packaged perfect amounts of ingredients for every recipe that you want to cook. So no more having to buy an entire carton of Dijon mustard for just a couple of squirts if you want it in your tacos or whatever you decide to make that night. So if you want to get started with every plate today, you can get $1.39 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering the code MONEY139. So once again, get started with Every Plate for just $1.39 per meal. Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter the code MONEY139. That's up to a $134 value. Okay, let's see what else we have. Okay, we have two more things down here. Oh. This was such a great video you did on Kim Kardashian. I did not realize it until I saw all of the side-by-side photos in your video, but you were talking about Kim Kardashian and this idea of is she a fashion icon or is she just copying fashion icons previously throughout time? And you had these incredible images in the video of the fact that every single look she's done, she's wearing a dress from a runway or that a previous celebrity has done. And not only is she wearing the exact outfit of someone previously in time, but her hair, her makeup, she's basically cosplaying that person and doing nothing different. So when was it that you realized that Kim Kardashian just literally copies from tip of the head to bottom of the toe outfits from other fashion icons? It had to be the Marilyn Met Gala debacle. Yeah. (laughs) That was like, wow, she really does like take from other fashion icons, which is like fine. Cause like when I made the video, some people of course were like so upset by it. Like, oh my God, that's this is a reach. Like, no, like whatever, Kim stands. I don't care. Um, yeah. Cause I'm I'm right and you guys can be mad about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, like, there's nothing, obviously there's, there's nothing wrong with like taking inspiration from people. Like, of course not. And so when I made the video, people were like, well, what's wrong with her wearing an outfit from the runway? Nothing, duh. I'm just more so pointing out that it's interesting that she lacks an ability to put a spin on things. Like to me, everyone has their own definition of like what makes a fashion icon. So like you can have your own definition, but to me, in my opinion, I think a fashion icon is someone that is creative and is an individual and can create, not necessarily create looks on their own, but can collaborate with people and like really turn out really interesting, fun looks on the red carpet. So I'm thinking like Rihanna, Zendaya, Blake Lively, Cher. Doja um, Cat after shaving Doja, her head. She now does yeah. anything. Like, yeah. Doja Cat. Like, people who are, create Lady Gaga. Like, people yeah. who are creative and fun. And to me, Kim, and I'm not even, what's interesting is that, like, people got mad at me for saying this, but I'm not saying anything that she hasn't said herself. Like, she 
also when she describes fashion, she also kind of describes herself as more so a mannequin for other people. And like, she will just have other people dress her. It's not really her collaborating or putting much of her own spin on things. It's literally like when Connie had the Yeezy campaign, it's like, well, Connie told me to put on these sweatpants and heels. So I did. Or Connie, like she did an interview where she literally said, the the pencil skirt and crop top arrows was one of my favorite arrows from Kim because I just think she looked really good yeah. in that out in that look but she literally said like he sent me a bunch of pictures and was like crop tops and pencil skirts that's the vibe so put that on and <laughs> so she did it <laughs> and so she's like oh my god yeah you're so right so she did it and like that's fine she looked great but someone being told what to wear and not having much of a say or like not really being interested in collaborating that to me doesn't make a fashion icon she's I think she's a cultural icon it's like for sure like a pop culture icon 100% but I don't know if I me personally I don't know if I would say she's a fashion icon and like even like the other day I was looking back you know those like Vogue like through my life like looks through my life videos yeah, when they're like flipping through the book and going through old photos yeah, I was watching a bunch of those the other day. And like, I've watched like Bella Hadid's and like Blake Lively's and like Sarah Jessica Parker. And and I also watched Kim's. And like, to me, I was really struck by the fact that like, the way Kim talks about her looks, I don't, there's just not passion behind. Like, there's not like, cause it's not her. Like, I don't, I don't know if she's genuinely passionate about fashion, which is fine. Like she doesn't have to be. But to me, I'm just like, I was really struck by the way like Sarah Jessica Parker or Blake Lively would talk about like the stories behind like this one piece of jewelry, like this one accessory that I came to set with, or I I put this on at the last minute at the red carpet because I just thought it was so interesting. And I'm just like, wow, they're really interested in clothes and like putting things together. But with Kim, she's like, oh yeah, that's a vibe. That's cute. I wore that because like, that's the vibe. And I'm just like, okay, Kim, like that's cute. But like, I, that's not, I don't know. I'm just not interested in people who like, because anyone can just like take a dress off the runway and put it on. It takes someone like being creative to like look at something and be like, oh, that's cool. But like, how can I make that me? Yeah. And I think the passion that Kim would talk about something with, remember when she did that coffee table book of all of her selfies? And I feel like I saw in an interview her talking about different selfies and she's like, this selfie, like I was in Puerto Rico and I had just gotten my hair done and like the light was coming in. So I took this photo of myself and like this selfie, I was like really sad. So I was in the car and blah, blah, blah. And like, I feel like she talks with passion about like photographs of herself that have gone viral, but not like the makeup or the fashion behind it. Yeah, um, which I mean, I guess that's her lane. Like she, <laughs> she which is great. <laughs> Good for her. Like I she does like when she is passionate about something, you can tell. But like I just I thought that was so interesting when I just saw the difference of like how Sarah Jessica Parker would like have all these long stories about like how a look came to be. But with Kim, it was just like Kanye and Ricardo Tichi came to the room and they were like, I, they told me to put this on, so I did. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> It's not passion. Like, it's, you look nice in that outfit, but that's not creativity. That's not me show. That's not you showing me your style. That was just like someone else's style that you put on because they told you to. Yes. And you do have to think like her and Kanye were probably perfect. To, it, it makes me laugh so much when I forget it happened recently where Kim wore something and she said that Kanye texted her and was like, they hadn't talked in a couple of days. And he just goes, those shoes are terrible. I'm like, that's what he sent her. I'm like, that's funny. Like, I feel like that dynamic kind of works, you know? And Kim would probably be like, okay, they're terrible. They're not the vibe. And she, like, wouldn't be offended, you know? Because she doesn't care. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Like, their dynamic was so, well, before it all 
like went to shit. Yeah, went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Their dynamic was so interesting because like I don't think Kim minded being a mannequin for him. Like I think she re- like the way she talks about their working relationship when it comes to fashion like I don't think she minded being a mannequin because she's always like oh my god he's such a genius and like he told me to put this on so I did and like he treated her like a muse and so I think that dynamic for their personality types really did work for a time of course until later but I think she does enjoy just like kind of being a doll for people and just playing dress up and she's so, in her like soft, what do they call on TikTok? Like her soft feminine energy. She's like, I only receive, you know, I won't dress myself, but someone can like put it on me. <laughs> exactly. And so I think like when her and Kanye got, di- or when I heard they were getting a divorce, I was actually like not excited. But, like I was, <laughs> I was interested to see like what her style was going to be post-divorce. Cause like, he's had such like a hold on what her style was when they were together. So I'm like, when they get divorced, like, what is she going to pivot to? And so what it is now is still, I think, I don't know if I'm going to make a video about it, but like, it's still too con. Like I can tell it's still Connie's influence. Cause like, if you look at like all the women he's been with since like separating from Kim, they all have the same like Balenciaga boots and like the big glasses and the leotard, like they're all dressed in his aesthetic. I can tell it's him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, a part of me is just like, Kim, please. I you need to get out of this chokehold like get it like you have so much money and access to like the best clothes and like the best designers the best stylists you could do anything like you don't have to still be following him like and I think she even said this on that that boring ass Hulu show where she was like (laughs) where she was like I don't really know what my style is at like 40 so that's kind of sad to me or like I don't know what my style is at like 43 I don't 45 however old she is yeah she was like for the beginning half of my career, I was always paired with my sisters. And so then when I got married to Connie, I was always paired to him. So like, I don't know who I am as an individual, which is like really sad to me. And so I really wish she would have an era of just like discovering herself again. Cause I'm like, she's still young. She's so gorgeous. She still has time. And I would love to see what her style is like. Like I'm not, when I made that video criticizing Kim, of course people are like, you're a hater, you're a hater. And I'm like, I'm not like, I want to see what her style is on her own. I just need her to do it. And so Yeah. Like, you know, that it's not this it's something else and I would love to see what it's like of her like getting a new style team and just like going off on her own and like she had like she can do it I'm just kind of waiting for her to do it or even like you know what I think would be so funny I I always want I always have like PR ideas for celebrities but it's just trolling so like if Kim Kardashian's she's like I'm actually gonna partner with J Crew and you're gonna see me in (laughs) plaid every day this year you'd be like what (laughs) like and yeah. she's like, this is the new era, plaid and button downs, like something yeah. she's never done before. You're like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, this is the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> the vibe is uh, houndstooth, you know, you're like, it's certainly not, but <laughs> exactly. The very last things I want to touch on is I love when people do pop culture predictions. We talked about some of the ones you did. Pete Davidson having a baby. Awesome. You said Jenna Ortega getting canceled. I feel like it's already about to happen. Like that's a shoe-in. It literally inevitable. I'm like waiting for like the day. I just get on Twitter and it's like, Jenna said this. I'm like, I'm waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Like people love the new It Girl until they don't. And Jenna, I think she unfortunately is one of those people that like her fame just happened so quickly and like so fast because of Wednesday. And so whenever I watch interviews of her, I like her and I can just tell she has like a dry sense of humor and she has a bit of like an odd sense of humor. And I just know, because I feel like it's already, I've seen like little snippets of it, of people like getting really nitpicky with her. I think she was doing the like, 
what is that one? Like the auto wired complete interview where like they peel off the little thing. And it was like one question where it was like, I don't, I don't even know what the question was. Maybe it was like, what did you want to be when you were a kid or something? Oh, she, she said, didn't she say she wanted to like kill bugs or something? Yeah, but she was like, yeah, I was like really fascinated by animals. Like I would like, whenever I saw like a dead lizard, I was like really fascinated by it. I would like want to dissect it. And the people were like, oh, she's, she's basically Jeffrey Dahmer. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys. Like, I don't think it's like, <laughs> it's not weird for like a five-year-old to be like, oh my God, an animal. Like I, like people all, like all the time say like, I want to be a vet. Like that's what vets like basically do. Like dissecting animals or like learning about animal body. Like it's not weird, but like they took that one moment and they're like, she's a mer- like a serial killer. She like wanted to kill animals. I'm like, no, she said she saw a yeah. lizard that was already dead. Kids and was, like, like play in the mud and they like touch their genitals in the grocery store because they don't know that they're not supposed to do that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. kids do weird. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to like be an offender. You know, <laughs> they were acting like she was like sacrificing kittens. I'm like, you guys relax. Like, it's just, I just see it happening with her of like, she says, she says one thing and people like just run with it. Of like Jenna sucks. She's canceled. Like even now I've already seen the, like she's overrated and like, we hate her now. It's just, yeah. it's yeah. Which by the way, like if you want to say that somebody's like dissecting and being weird, it's like army hammer is right there and he's done that shit. But instead you're going to like read into Jenna Ortega and be like, but she could maybe do that. It's like, but army hammer, like just a couple years ago said he wanted to eat someone's rib. So like, you've got your person, like they're there. Yeah. I'm like, you could focus on him instead of like the girl being like, yeah, I was five and interested in animals. Like, ah, I think our priorities a little bit off. Like maybe yeah. focus on the actual criminal. Right? Dude, people are crazy. And it's just like you said, it's tale as old as time. Like the minute somebody starts getting famous, I just go, oh, that poor girl. It's coming around the mountain when it comes. <laughs> and it's only really the girls. Like whenever it's like a new hot white boy of the month, it's never really them that gets shit. It's always the women that are like, whenever they get too popular, it's like the internet's like, we have to humble them eventually. 1000%. Like, you know, those kids from like Stranger Things are going to be like heartthrobs who can never do anything wrong. But Millie Bobby Brown, it's like, keep an eye out for her, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you also said Lindsay Lohan in season three of White Lotus. Nailed it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be so good. Even more. Can I do like spoiler alert on here? Yeah. For White Lotus? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, everybody should have seen it because we already did a White Lotus episode. So, yeah. Okay. So, like, even more so now that Jennifer Coolidge's character is no longer there. Because at first I was like, it would be cool to see like Jennifer Coolidge and like Lindsay in a scene. But like, now that Jennifer's not there, I'm like, yes. hmm, maybe we can have like another like wacky, weird character to kind of like replace her or like do something different. Um, especially because like, I don't know. Part of me, I think it's just like nostalgia. I always want to root for like the people who I grew up with a little bit, even if like they kind of suck. Um, (laughs) So like I know Lindsay is like problematic in her own way, but like I have, it is a little bit heartwarming to see people be so receptive to her having a comeback, especially because I'm like, if Robert Downey Jr. could have a comeback, I'm like, then she at least deserves like a chance, like a little bit of a chance to have like a comeback too. So I, if she was on White Lotus, that would be like really exciting. And she would, like, knock it out of the park. She'd do so well on a TV show like that. Yeah, because, like, people, I don't know, I feel like sometimes people forget, like, how great of an actress she was, like, in her prime. Like, she was an, an actually, like, a really good actress. It's yeah. been a minute, but I'm like, she could probably dust off. But, like, Even her you know. and Mean Girls, like, nobody else could have done that. Like, you, you think that some of these roles are, um, you know, they're, like, for kids because it's playing, it's, like, in high school or it's talking about, like, rom-com themes of love. But, you know, it's still acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the last thing you said here, Taylor Swift and Megan Thee Stallion collaborate on something. I, I, I'm I, dying to know what you think that would be. I could see something like that happening. I just don't know 
what it would be. And maybe not even a song. Maybe it would be like, I don't know, like an initiative that they collaborate on. Okay. I'm going to like give you my, <laughs> the yeah. thought that was in my head. Yes. I don't know if it's going to happen. Cause it's like a little, I don't know. It's, it's very far fetched, but like in my head, I envisioned like Taylor doing um, a music video for karma and Megan's in it. Cause like Megan had the whole thing with like her trial and like people doubting her talking shit about her, just like really dragging her. And so yes. I thought like, maybe a little cameo from Megan in it of like the whole song is about like karma. Like you got what you deserved and like I'm on top and fuck you guys. And just like, it'll be like a funny little fuck you to all the haters and all the people that were talking shit about her, all the blogs. I just thought it'd be so funny if like Taylor yes. called Megan and was like, Hey, like, do you want to have a little cameo in this karma music video? And then I think for PR wise, cause Taylor's thing is that like people always criticize her for being like a white feminist and like only really like looking out for herself. Yeah. And I'm like, it would kind of be like, it could be like a mutually beneficial thing where Taylor's like supporting a black woman that like got a lot of shit in the media and like no one really supported her. And like maybe Taylor could like donate the proceeds from the video to like an organization that like helps like women in like domestic violence situations or something like that. Like something to show that like women stand, like uh, something that shows that Taylor stands with women or like stands with a woman that's like not just herself. <laughs> but also like it also would be so classic Taylor because like when Megan was getting shit, like Taylor said nothing. But now that the case is over, Taylor would be like, and I'm for it, you know, and be <laughs> no, like, yeah, classic <laughs> Taylor. Like you weren't really standing up for her at all when like your friend Drake was like talking about her in songs. But like now that it's all wrapped up, you like swoop yeah. in and be like, and I'm for yeah. this. <laughs> now, now that you can profit off of it, now maybe like, <laughs> hey, Meg, come be in the video. Maybe that wouldn't be a good idea for Taylor. She'll get dragged anymore. Never mind. <laughs> Taylor, don't do it. <laughs> but that would be – it's a montage, and then it ends with, like, Andrew Tate, like, getting arrested for sex trafficking. It's just, like, the year of karma. Like, anyone mm -hmm. who got good karma could be in it. Ooh, I like yeah. that. And I love the song Karma, so, like, I would love a music video for it. So fun. God, okay. Thank you so much. Your takes are so refreshing. You've just got such a wise head for pop culture, and, like, I firmly believe that all of your predictions for 2023 are going to – at least if they don't come true, they should have because they're good. <laughs> So even if I have to get knocked up by Pete Davidson, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> thank you. It needs to happen. I cannot be wrong about that. So thank you so much. Uh, anyone who wants to go check out Olivia, her TikTok will be linked in the show notes. Give her a follow and stay tuned. Anything coming up for you that you're excited about, whether it's with yourself and TikTok or just something in pop culture you're looking forward to? In pop culture? I don't know. Uh, well, we have the Grammys about to come up, so I'm obviously going to talk about all the clothes. I saw yes. the the um, performance list. Not too impressed with that, but, you know. Yeah. I think oh, and um, Super Bowl halftime show. I'm excited. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, so we have a couple of pop culture events coming up that I'll probably talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be listening. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, for anyone who wants to check out her videos, head over to the show notes. And thanks for being here, Olivia. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to that. Please go check out Olivia on TikTok. Her videos are always just such a welcome appearance on my feed when I see them. And if you want any more Fluently Forward, you can always come join us over at patreon.com slash Fluently Forward. The last episode we did, I put it out on Friday, was all about this trope of uh, the ugly sister versus the hot sister in Hollywood. And I say that knowing that beauty is subjective, but it's just things that people say online. And I took a look at Bella Hadid, Kylie Jenner, and Khloe Kardashian because I feel like these are three female celebrities plagued by this rhetoric of the ugly sister, the ugly sister, by all of these assholes and jags online and magazines. And in taking a look at the three of them, 
What I found was that they have these three things in common. One, the idea of a momager, so Yolanda Hadid or Kris Jenner. Two, the idea of, you know, getting cosmetic work done and then lying about it. That's also happened with these three girls. And the last similarity they all have is being cheated on in relationships and staying despite repeatedly and publicly being cheated on. So I took a look at this idea of, you know, if you've been called the ugly sister your entire life and you've had to deal with that and they speak about how they reacted to those words and how they all had very similar reactions, what does that mean? And this idea of comparing women in Hollywood, how does it affect the women that we compare? So check that out. We've got that and a crap ton of other videos and episodes on there if you want to join us patreon.com slash fluently forward and if not i will see you on wednesday for a mini episode and then next week for another one thanks for being here and i will talk to you guys soon bye